Is there something like that that makes a difference? I think there's a couple of fears that hold people back. And the first one is, yeah, my life's just not that interesting. I, I, I don't have that much to share. And I would challenge that. I, I think there's a little personal bias in that. We don't think our experiences are that great because we've had those experiences. But other people have had similar experiences that maybe they can relate to. And again, we, we love stories because we live stories that the most relatable stories are those kind of everyday things that, that we, we can all experience. And so the, the extraordinary can come out of the ordinary. And we just look for those opportunities, look for those times in your life where there's a bit of an emotional reaction to something. And there's probably a good story there that can teach a point. So that's the first thing is just recognizing that I do have experiences in my life that can be good stories to teach, lead, and inspire. The second thing is just a matter of, of practice. Hello, and welcome to the Generate Your Value podcast. I'm your co-host, Andy McDowell, founder and owner of Generate Your Value, providing life, leadership, and small business coaching services in the Atlanta area. And I'm Zach Levy, your other co-host. I run a nationwide financial service business with my wife, Megan. Together, Zach and I have the intention to bring you tips, concepts, ideas, suggestions, stories, and analogies from A to Z, which will help you to grow your personal brand and small business in such a way that joy, happiness, and success as you define it for yourself are achieved. We hope to use our gifts, talents, and experiences in business to generate value in your life. And with that being said, let's move to our topic for today. to the Generate Your Value podcast. I'm your co-host, Zach Levy. Joining me, as always, is your other esteemed co-host, Andy McDowell. Andy, good to see you this morning. Good to see you this morning, Zach. Great and to be here. Also, also joining us is Mark Carpenter, the author of Master Storytelling, which we'll dig into a little bit. Mark, great to see you this morning. Thank you. Thanks for bringing me into your crew here. Of course, we're excited to get into it. So I'm going to pass it off to Andy, get a little bio on Mark, see who we're talking with and dealing with this morning. So, Yeah, I'm really excited about our episode today. As we were sharing with Mark before we started recording, storytelling is a really important thing in the eyes of, of, of Andy and Zach in terms of the importance in life, importance in business. So we're, we're excited to, to dive into this subject. For your information, Mark, Zach and I actually did an episode in storytelling. Was that season one? That might have been season one. I think it was season one. Season I don't know. They all, they all kind of run together. Yeah. So. From, from that perspective. So there's another episode you can go hit about storytelling, but I, I think this one's really going to hit the mark with it. So we're excited to have you on board, Mark. So let's talk a little bit about Mark. He's a serial storyteller, telling stories since childhood. Mark has leveraged his ability into a career in marketing, communications, and public relations, and later as a college professor and corporate facilitator. His storytelling became even more purposeful and effective after researching and writing the best-selling book, Master Storytelling, 
how to turn your experiences into stories that teach, lead, and inspire. Now, as a facilitator, consultant, and speaker, he teaches others what he learned in the process. Story career, right, Mark? Well, I think everybody has There's a story a pun, career. Right? A story we look career? at it, you know, <laughs> we, we 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 kind of all have a storied career. It's right. just we all have our own individual stories. I mean, we were talking about that a little bit as as I was meeting Zach as we came on today, yeah. and he's got his own story that led him to where he is today. Andy, you and I have talked before, and I know mm-hmm. your story. There, there, there's a story that we all have that brings us to where we are today. Yeah, so I think that begs the question: Why are stories so important in life? Well, I think I think we love stories because we live stories. It's just what we were talking about. What are our lives other than a series of little events that could add up to a story? If you think about it evolutionarily, our spoken word came long before our written word did. And so, how did we communicate important information to each other? How do we? How do we help the tribe know where the safe or unsafe places were to go to get water or to stay away from predators or poisonous plants? It was through stories that we told. It was was sharing that information in the forms of the experiences that we've had. The cool thing you you mentioned in in the bio that I learned a lot in, in researching the book beyond just telling stories is fun and impactful, but the why behind it. And there's a lot more recent research about the brain science behind what happens when we listen to stories Mm. and about how it changes the chemistry within our brains as we listen to well-told stories. And that connects us as a species. It connects us to other people. And that's the great power in storytelling is that it connects people and ideas so that we can understand and relate to each other on a deeper level. Yeah, and I think when you meet somebody for the first time, right, and you're getting to know them, and as they're telling their story, you're looking for those connective dots. You know, did they grow up in the same state you did or the same town, or did they have the same hobbies or interests? And you're looking for that connectiveness because then you can sort of build upon that story and start making a story between the two of you on a foundation. Yeah, and, and that ties actually to, to some of this the brain research that I was talking about. Dr. Paul Zach at Claremont Graduate College has done some research around the chemical makeup or the chemical changes that happen in your brains as you hear stories. Okay. And what you're referencing there, Andy, is that when we hear characters in a story that we can relate to, when you meet someone that has a similar background or even just a little bit of a tie to you, it increases a level of oxytocin in your brain. Mm-hmm. This is a the trust hormone. This helps you be more credible with me. It helps me relate to you more. I'm going to listen more attentively, more t- attentively, because I care about who you are now, and I can feel that connectedness with you. And part of that has to do with the brain chemistry that's that's going on as we hear the story. So, I mean, stories go back more thousands 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 of years and you kind of hit on it it was they were guides basically right but you've got these stories that have basically permeated generations right that we still use today why do you think those are so impactful and why they last that long why have they been ingrained in in culture almost yeah and you know my, my brother and i joke about this all the time there's only seven plots to movies 
Yeah, yeah, you, you can you can you can go to any movie in the world and, and you can like fit them into one of these seven plots. And it, and it really is what you're talking about there, Zach. There's some standard things that we all live, that we all experience. We all experience heartache. We all experience trials and challenges. We all experience moments of, of joy. And, and so these are the things that we can relate to. We can relate to, to journeys of other people because we're on that journey too. We may be at a different place on that journey and the journey may be a little bit different, but there's so many things that we can relate to that that's how stories connect us. So I, I think we've all been part of conversations with people where you walk away from the conversation and some of them are head scratchers. You're scratching your head going, what was that all about? And what was the point of that story and so forth? And then there are others that you're just glued to. You want to hang with the person all night and you feel like you're have that connectiveness that we just talked about. So what, what in your opinion, are the effective elements, if you will, of a, of a good story? Yeah. And, and I'm going to answer that in a couple of different ways, actually, because what you're, what you're talking about there is, is what's the focus when, when I find somebody to, to your second scenario mm-hmm. that I want to stay with, I want to listen to, I want to, I want to hang with them because of the stories that they're telling me. Those stories are much more about me than they are about the other person. And so when you're telling a story, I think this is sometimes what we lose sight of, particularly using storytelling in business. Sometimes business leaders feel like, well, let me tell you my story about me. Let me, let me give you my story here. And yeah, you need to tell your story, your experience. That, that's all you really can tell. But you need to tell it in a way that it's really about the lesson learned and the person that you're talking to. It's about your audience more than it is about you. And so I think that's one of the mistakes that we make in storytelling is we don't consider our audience. We get too focused on us and we need to be more focused on them and how it relates to that other person as you're telling that story. And so if you start with that as a foundation, who am I talking to and what do I really need to convey to them? What, what, can, what am I sharing that's going to help them? then that leads you very naturally into a story structure that, to Zach's point, has been around for centuries. You start with the, the current state. This is, this is the setup of, of who's involved in this story and what's the current state they're in. What goal are they trying to accomplish? And then the second phase of the story is what conflict has arisen that creates a difficulty or a challenge in achieving that goal? What kind of problem has arisen that makes that goal seem at risk in that moment? And then the change at the end. What happened to overcome that that challenge? Or what happened that we didn't do it right and maybe we didn't overcome the challenge, but that we can learn from that? The lesson learned from not achieving the goal that we were trying to achieve. What change would we have had to make if we went back and did it again to actually help us accomplish that goal? And sometimes those lessons, those stories are the ones that have the greatest impact because they're the lessons that we learn from. That's another mistake I think leaders make in business and telling stories is they always want to be the hero of the story. They want to always want to come out as perfect. Well, the vulnerability of showing here's some times that I struggled and here's how I'm doing things differently now as a result of that struggle that I had. That's very impactful 
And again, to the point you were making earlier, Andy, that's just how we relate to each other mm-hmm. because we've had those struggles before. Oh, we always like connecting with another human, right? It makes me makes me feel not only connected, but also like I'm somewhat on par with you yeah. because we've had the same struggles and with your vulnerability i know that because of the conversation storytelling you did and therefore it it builds up trust it builds up an emotional safety yeah um, there's a lot more connectivity with the guide by your side rather than the sage on the stage Mm -hmm. You, you you get the person that's standing up and kind of pontificating about how wonderful they've been it's like okay there's probably some good tidbits i can pull out of that but the guide by my side who's been where I'm trying to travel. That's the person that I can trust. That's the person that I can relate to most. And so books, books are a major way of storytelling, right? Particularly with with fictional books and so forth. My eldest daughter just got her degree in creative writing and actually wrote a book at the age of 14. And she was about halfway through it when she gave me a copy and it was of the science fiction genre. But I was just shaking my head afterwards, you know, how can a 14-year-old write this book? Because her character development and the way she was writing in her book made me feel like I was literally there as it was going on, which means you've got to use adjectives and words that, that bring in the emotional value, physical value, and so forth to the story that you feel like you're, all your senses are going and you're actually there. So how important is your word choice or choices, so to speak, important in your storytelling? Oh, yeah. Word choices is, is absolutely important. And it, and it starts with who your audience is, as I mentioned a little bit earlier. You, you want to use the word choices that your audience can relate to. Mm-hmm. I, I said in an audience one time when a nurse was trying to give more of a, a leadership type of presentation. And she kept using medical terminology. And I got lost in it. I, I was confused by it. My wife has been an x-ray technician. And so I kept, she was sitting next to me. I kept turning to her saying, what does that mean? What does that mean? And then she'd explain it to me. But now I'm lost in the story. I've missed a point. And so use terminology that your audience can relate to and understand. But the second part of that, and what I hear you saying in that description of your daughter's novel is, she painted great word pictures and that creates that image inside of our head. As I tell you an effective story of an experience that I had, it transports you there with me. It creates a vicarious experience where, no, you didn't have my experience, but you can feel it because you've lived a similar experience. And so you had the same experience that I had. I, I've told a story recently about being on a small airplane. And I describe it as two seats on each side of the aisle, about 20 rows. Well, all of a sudden you're in that airplane. You can see that. Mm-hmm. If you haven't been in that type of airplane, you've been in some airplane. And so you can you can expand or contract the airplane that you've been into to fit that mode of that description. But even just that simple little description of two seats on each side of the aisle, 20 rows, you've got an image of what that airplane looks like on the inside. And so just using choice words, and it doesn't have to be long and elaborate in, in novels. Yeah. You want the long elaborate descriptions because you're, you've got the time and the space to draw people in right in business storytelling. You've got three or four minutes to, to tell your story. 
And so part of your word choice is what are the things that I leave out that are not necessary to actually make the point that I'm trying to make? And that's also why it's critically important to know what point you're going to make up front so that you can edit yourself appropriately as you're preparing that story. So big question here. So the, a lot of people are naturally good storytellers. Then you get people who, like Andy was saying, you meet people and you talk to them and you're like, I don't, I'm not vibing at all. If you will. What number one, what's, what's the difference between a good storyteller, somebody that is naturally good there and somebody that can, is there a fear that holds them back? Is there something like that, that makes a difference? I think there's a couple of fears that hold people back. And the first one is, yeah, my life's just not that interesting. I, I, I don't have that much to share. And I would challenge that. I, I think there's a little personal bias in that. We don't think our experiences are that great because we've had those experiences. But other people have had similar experiences that maybe they can relate to. And again, we, we love stories because we live stories that the most relatable stories are those kind of everyday things that, that we, we can all experience. And so the, the extraordinary can come out of the ordinary. And we just look for those opportunities, look for those times in your life where there's a bit of an emotional reaction to something. And there's probably a good story there that can teach a point. So that's the first thing is just recognizing that I do have experiences in my life that can be good stories to teach, lead, and inspire. The second thing is just a matter of, of practice. Think about any skill, any hobby that you have. In fact, the, I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna have you just just call it out, both of you. What, what's one of your what's one of your hobbies that you love to do? Andy, I'll start with you. Oh, I talk about them all the time. So I'm a singer, guitar player, and a photographer. So okay. I have it. It's all part right. of my bio, you know. In terms of I'm left left brain, right brain, right. I got the technical, logical side of designed airspace and so forth, but I got the creative side too. Okay, so so I'm gonna go with your singing and guitar playing. Zach, how about you? What's one of your hobbies? I'm a meathead, so bodybuilding. Okay, awesome. Perfect examples. I'll go with both of those. Zach, when you started out into bodybuilding, when you started out into fitness, could you lift what you can lift now? Not even close. Not even close. And were there times in the course of learning how to do that that you struggled a little bit? That's the definition of the game. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Andy, I would ask you the same question around playing the guitar. Did you pick up a guitar and immediately you were able to do the chords, you were able to do the riffs, and you were able to sing along with it? Oh, you're 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 feeding right into what I talk about on <laughs> podcast interviews about creativity. That mm-hmm. it's a it's a journey. You know, yeah. when, I, when I bought the guitar five six years ago, I said I'm not going to sound like Eddie Van Halen tomorrow. It's a journey. I'm going to sound like crap, but it's about promising myself I'm going to spend 10, 15 minutes every day touching the guitar. Okay. You just answered the question that Zach asked me. <laughs> what, what do you say to those people? It's yeah. the same thing. It's like any skill. It takes development. It mm-hmm. takes time. And so uh, I, I, I understand the, the guitar better than I, than I understand bodybuilding. <laughs> but so you look at the guitar and you had to learn from somebody, what are the standard chord progressions? 
How do I make those chords? How do I strum the strings? What are some different ways I can strum the strings to make different sounds? You had to learn this from somebody and then you had to practice it on your own. You had to get feedback from other people or from yourself even. Mm-hmm. You know, re- recording yourself and listening to it and, and going, oh, that, that didn't sound quite right. What can I go back and do differently there? The same is going to be true with storytelling. First, you have to learn. There is a structure. There, there, there is a path that you can follow with this. And then you have to practice it. Get feedback from other people. I'll tell you, one of the best feedbacks that you can get in storytelling is tell your story to an audience. Look in their eyes, listen for their reactions. If they look at you with this dull expression, like, what did you just say? You probably want to fix that part of your story. <laughs> you know, There's something that's missing there that didn't make the connection. I always encourage people when they're first starting out in learning storytelling, learn the craft, you know, learn how to craft your story, outline it, get it prepared, share it with somebody, and then only ask them two questions. The first question is, what did you like about that story? That's going to give you some reinforcement. Because a lot of times we think, oh, I'm bad at this. We don't realize we're probably better than we think we are. The second question I encourage people to ask is, what did you see as the point of that story? Because I want to make sure that I actually got the point across that I was trying to get across. And if I didn't, that's wonderful feedback that I'm going to have to do something else to craft it, to get to the point that I'm trying to make. And so start small. You can get more detailed questions as you go forward. But as you're learning storytelling, just start with those two questions. What did you like? What did you feel was the point of the story? And take that as feedback to help develop your capacity in storytelling. Yeah. So I think you're, 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 Bringing up something I've always had a sense about storytelling, right? In that storytelling is a journey with a destination and a sort of sense of something about the journey itself, right? An emotional component, a physical component, maybe from that perspective. And I've had instances where I listened to somebody's story and I got to the end result. I know the point they were trying to make, but boy, did I have a rough journey you know, per se, getting getting to that point, as opposed to another instance with a good storyteller, not only did I get the end point at the end, arrived at the destination, but I really enjoyed the journey. And it, it sort of reminds me of something that Zach and I have talked quite a bit on this podcast about the be, do, have model, about life, right? What order do you put put those words in? So society and Hollywood and everything sort of sells this uh, do-have-be model. I'm going to go do these things, and then that enables me to have certain things like possessions and status, and then I get to be somebody in the world. And, yeah, you got to that point, but the journey was hell. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so and to it, speak. It, uh, versus a little bit the, of a backwards journey, too. Because right, you, uh, you, as opposed to the be-do-have model, where I'm going to be a certain way in the world, and I'm going to go do things that align with my being, and I'm really going to enjoy this journey as I get there, and then I get to have joy and happiness and success in life. So, yeah, I got I got to the point of a successful life, but wow, that journey was amazing, as opposed to the other one. I think storytelling can be right in that same kind of game, game plan, so, so to speak, right? It's it's the journey as well as where you end it. Absolutely. 
And, and it, it is those points along the journey that people can relate to. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you mentioned there's times when it's like, yeah, I got the point of the story at the end, but wow, how, why do we take so long to get there? One of the tips that I always give is land the plane. I mean, know your destination and land the plane. And that, that goes mm-hmm. back to my main point, which is know what point you're trying to make and don't just fly around it, get to your point. And, and, the, and I think people that they have a point, but then they don't know a structure. And so they keep flying around trying to say, I'm going to hit everything that I can in here to get to my point. It's because they haven't edited themselves. They haven't taken the time to really carefully think about what needs to be in and what needs to be out of that story. Now, the flip side of that is there are some people who have tell great stories. I remember attending a conference and this guy stood up. His first thing he talked about was this experience that he'd had as he was prepping where he, he made a little faux pas and, and, and messed something up. And it was a really funny story, but I got to the end of it and I went, what's the point? Why did you even tell that story? And maybe it was just to be entertaining, which is fine. Comedians do that all the time, but I was there to learn something and he was just being entertaining. And so know what your audience needs and wants too to be able to get to that point you're trying to make. And I think that keeps you from doing the wandering around thing. And it also will draw people into, yeah, I can relate to that part of your journey. Like you were talking about, Andy, the the journey that you've made. And maybe that can help my journey be a little more direct because I understand the challenges that you had along your journey. So I I would have to say then that your feelings are, just like with any other creative endeavor, everybody can learn how to do this, right? There's a matter of a little bit of talent, but it's mostly skill. Yeah. The practice and the journey to, to get there. In other words, somebody could never say, no, I'm sorry, I don't have the talent for this and I'll never be a good storyteller. And, and I think that there's, there's a degree, I'll go back to the example that we used earlier. Yeah, you you may never be on stage in in a in a concert hall with the twenty thousand fans, you know, cheering and shouting Andy, Andy, Andy. <laughs> you know, it, you you may not get to that point mm-hmm. of being a guitar player, but can you be proficient at it where you can feel satisfied with yourself and entertain some other people at the same time, yeah. or or touch people at the same time? Yeah, I play rhythm guitar in a praise band at my church now. Yeah, and that is just as valid mm-hmm. and just as important as maybe the person that's doing big concerts in in stadiums of twenty to fifty thousand people. You don't have to be that person, but can you make an impact with your storytelling by developing that skill? Absolutely, mm-hmm. and that's the point that I try to make with people: is that you can do this. Everyone can do this. And it's in that process of doing that where you can have an impact. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not an impact of millions of people, it can be an impact of dozens of people, hundreds of people. And that's your that's your place in life. For sure. So, Mark, as, as leading people, so kind of in the business world in my context now, it's, you know, I've, I've Andy and I have talked about this again ad nauseum probably both on the podcast and we have a little something we call bourbon and business, which is where the podcast was actually birthed out of, but for a leadership role, right. For a leader, I've, I've always felt that 
storytelling is quintessential to be able to get people to move where you want them to, right? To lead them. But of course, I could rant on that all day. What is your opinion and why do you feel like it's so important from a leadership position to be a master storyteller? Oh, Zach, I could rant on that all day too. <laughs> but I know we don't have all day. <laughs> leadership, I, I think we still have some old models of leadership. But we, we, we get stuck a little bit into a leader is this command and control position where you you pontificate and you tell people what to do and you share the numbers and and you tell them to charge forward and you know you raise your sword and give the rah-rah speech. That, that doesn't work today. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure it ever really worked. Today, leadership is about getting the hearts and minds of your people. And again, we could geek out on the brain science around storytelling that shows how that does that. But I think we intuitively know from experience that if you want to get the hearts and minds of your people, you have to tell them the story. Yes, you have to present the financials. You have to present the values and the vision and the mission of the company. But you also have to tell the story of what that looks like. So it's not just data on a wall, it's behaviors in the hall. Mm -hmm. What does this actually look like as we practice these values? These numbers that I'm putting up there for you, what does that mean in our journey as a company? Where are we on that journey and how are we going to take that next step? Maybe we're in a dip in our financials. I think a lot of people are in that right now in, in, in where we are with the economy. But what's our story that says, because we've done these things, we can come out of this. Mm. And it's telling that story that captures the hearts and minds of people and really makes you an impactful leader. So it was all almost to be like Andy said, be, do, have. But in that storytelling, would you say painting a picture of the destination? Well, and and painting the picture of the destination based on our past, too, and based on our present. What are we doing? What are the behaviors that we're seeing that are going to help us to overcome this challenge? Or what are the behaviors that we've experienced that have helped us achieve this result? Not just, yeah, yeah, rah, rah, we achieved this result, but why? Because if you want that to be sustainable, it needs to translate into behaviors. Yep. Yeah. So one of one of my big things in, in my coaching practice, and Zach knows me very well on this, is that to truly get engagement from your people, you have to answer the question, why? Yep. So my business strength was in business strategy and trying to communicate strategy. I, I had to answer the question, why? to get the buy-in engagement through a needing. And that's why I'm so big on storytelling because storytelling enables you to answer the question, why? Yeah. And and do it in a way that we're going to do this year. Okay. Why? If you want me to, as a, as an employee or a team member or whatever, to be engaged with the direction you're giving us, you have to explain to me why, what, what benefit do we get out of this? What kind of results do you expect out of this if we do these things and so forth? You have to answer that that why. Otherwise, they're going to walk away. It's going to be one of the head scratchers, you know, instance yes. of, well, he told a story, but I'm still scratching my head as to why are we doing this? I don't, I don't get it. I don't see us getting to the outcome that we're expecting with what he's laid out for this year. Well, you th- think about this. If you've been around a four or five-year-old, 
anytime in your life, what is the one question that you most commonly hear out of their mouth? Why? Why? I've <laughs> <laughs> got four of my grandchildren with us for, for a couple of weeks here. We, we got a five-year-old. He is every day. Why? 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 That doesn't change when we grow up. We quit no. asking it verbally, but our brain is constantly going, why? We want to make sense of things. Stories help us make sense of things. Mm -hmm. And so if you want to have an impact as a leader to help people, not just hear you tell them why, but to feel in their hearts the why, storytelling is going to help you get there and answer that question that is just constantly running through the human brain. Okay, why? Why are we doing this? Why are they acting that way? Why did we get that result? Why are we struggling? It, that, that constant why there can be answered with effective stories. Yeah. So as people listen to this podcast on a regular basis know that Zach and I are big Simon Sinek fans and this whole model around the why. And what I tell people and my clients that want to work with that model is, you know, why is in the middle surrounded by the house, surrounded by the what? And if you want to build a, a business strategy or a life strategy around that model, you know, you've built an effective one if you can start at the outer edges and keep asking the question why and get satisfactory answers that keep allowing you to move in the circle to eventually you get to the core of your purpose or the answer to the, the true question of why, why you have a life, why you're here, what's your purpose and mission in, in your life. And that's oh, one of the so reasons that I, that I have emphasized is we've heard just in this conversation, make sure you're clear on the purpose of your story. Mm -hmm. What's your intent? What's, what's the, what's the why for your story? You know, that it, 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 it can't be just, I want to make myself look good. That that's not going to be a, a good why for your listeners. So what are you trying to drive? What is, what do you want to teach? Where do you want to lead people? What action do you want to inspire? Those are the whys that you're going to get to in telling your effective story. Well, you can almost use that model for an effective story, right? So yes. you have to start with the why. This is the point or destination I want to get to and the point I want to get across. You can answer the what to say, okay, these are going to be the essential elements that are in the story that I'm going to tell. And then how am I going to tell it? Am I, am I going to be lively and vibrant and inspiring? Am I going to be monotone? Am I going to be... Down in the dumps, I mean, it's all about the delivery. The how is sort of the delivery of the story that's going to be effective in that journey and get your audience to the point that you want it to be. So it's almost like a great prep planning oh, questions for your story. Yeah, I'm, I'm a Simon Sinek fan as well. And, and the how in that can even be, how did I arrive to that learning point? Mm -hmm. you know, it could, because that's going to that, that's help inform me in what I'm going to tell in my story. Is I understand how I got to this point that I learned the change in that three part sequence that I gave you in how we create stories. So with that, because Andy, you hit on you know delivery method, the how right of the storytelling, Mark. That goes back to the point of understanding your audience, right? Because you know, in my business, if I'm sitting down with somebody that's 65 looking at retirement in the face and freaking out because the economy's contracting right now, right? I'm not, yeah, man, we're getting, you know, I'm all jazzed up. They want calm. They want cool. They want collected, right? Yep. But they want stories. 
Yeah. Right. They don't want the numbers. So <laughs> but they, they want to know how and why, right? right. <laughs> why, why is this going to work? You know, what, what are you going to do? How, how is this going to work to get me to the point that I need to be in three to five years with the current economy? Tell me the right. story that's going to give me the reassurance on that. And, and you're right on Zach. That's such a classic example, because what do people tend to do in those situations? They start throwing out numbers and, and, and charts and graphs and data and trends. And people are like, okay, but this is still stressing me out mm-hmm. because they don't know how that's going to happen. They, they don't know how we're going to get there. And, and, and the story is what's going to give them that reassurance. Mm-hmm. So we talked a lot about leadership and leaders and storytelling. What if you're not a leader? in a business. I mean, we're all leaders of our own lives. So storytelling is going to help us in, in our own lives from that perspective. But what does storytelling help, help the, the average Joe, so to speak, in a company or so forth that doesn't have a leadership title next to their name? I mean, is this something that everybody should seriously consider having in their life as a good skill? Absolutely. And so, so let me, let me turn it around. Let's say that I'm that everyday Joe, I'm leading a cross-functional project team. Okay. I have my regular touch points with leadership to tell them how the project's going. What do people normally do in that meeting? Well, here's the numbers. Here's where things stand. Here's where we are in the roadmap. Da, 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 da. What if you could tell the story of the progress your team is making? Hey, let me tell you about what Zach did last week in, in this, in this. And that really led to this kind of success that we can see in these numbers. And Andy had this great contribution by him doing this thing. It allowed us to get ahead of this project in this way. Leaders are going to remember that more. And notice I'm not telling the story about me in that situation. I'm telling that story about my team. What's the message that sends to my leadership? This is a person who knows how to lead. So what does that do for me in my career? That puts me in a position where I'm remembered more, I'm considered more for expanded roles as they come out. Yeah, I need to get the results, but the way that I convey those results can make me more or less memorable. The same is true for somebody who's trying to get a job. Think about job interviews. We kind of all know the standard questions that come up in job interviews, Mm -hmm. and we know the standard answers that people expect. And so at the end of the day, these six candidates that interviewed for the job all look the same because they all answered the question in the same way. But what if instead you as the candidate answered the question by sharing a story about your experience that shows the answer to that question? The question that everybody hates, right? What's your greatest weakness (laughs) that comes out in job interviews? It's like, that's the most obnoxious question there is. What if I could tell a story about, you know, this is something that I struggled with and this is how I'm overcoming it. Now, this person remembers me better than the person that said, well, I just work too hard. I just, you know, they try to make this negative thing sound like a positive thing. But if I can tell the story, I'm going to be more memorable than the other candidates. And I'm actually going to be answering the question with greater authenticity as well. Yes, I'm not a big fan of people that generate questions that are yes or no 
questions, right? And and Zach Zach's probably tired of me telling the story, but I always encourage people when they go to a, a a party, a dinner party, an event, and you're meeting new people. Well, what's the standard question when somebody walks up to you for the first time? What's the standard question that you get? What do you do? What do you do? Right? <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a yes or no answer question, right? What do, what do you do? And you, you, I'm a lawyer, I'm a doctor, I'm a, a stockbroker, you know, immediately go to what our career is and do, as opposed to saying, how could I give an answer that might lead to a story or just open up the conversation that allows us to have a story at the end about our conversation? At the end, they say, you know, for me, I like to say I change people's lives. Or I help people find success in their life. I don't label it. I just, that's what I do. But it just enables storytelling to sort of open up and so much of a robust, more conversation. You know, it's like, oh, tell me about that. I wasn't expecting an answer. And now it's like, oh, tell me about that. Right. Yeah. And then you can couple that with the stories that describe how you do what you do. Now, one of the standard formulas that I use when I get that question is the people I serve need this. And so I say the people I serve are looking for ways to, to stand out. They're looking for ways to grow and progress in their career. I help them do that by teaching them how to teach, lead, sell, and inspire more effectively. Whoa, well, how do you do that? Okay, well, let me tell you about master storytelling. <laughs> and then I can get into what, how I deliver that, but you're right. It opens that door beyond, oh, I'm a consultant. (laughs) Okay. I'm checking out right now. Let me go find somebody else to talk to Zach looks a lot more interesting than you do, Mark. I'm going to go, I'm going to go see somebody else in the room. That, that is a great way to tell your story in a very, very succinct way by saying the people I serve need this. And I deliver it to them by doing this. So, Mark, with that, so you mentioned earlier that somebody ordinary can spin a extraordinary story from their ordinary life, right? So how can they pull events out of their ordinary life, quote unquote, because I truly am of the belief that nobody actually has an ordinary life, but we see it that way. <laughs> I, 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 t- I totally agree with you. I, I, I really do. And I, I mentioned this very briefly in passing earlier when we were talking about it. So let me get into it a little bit more here. I appreciate you raising the question. It comes down to what are the experiences you have where you have any kind of emotional reaction? And so it could be things that frustrate you. It could be things that bring you joy. It could be things that make you worry. It could be things that add that added stress in your life. What is that moment? And then what did you learn from it? I, I had a hilarious experience a couple of weeks ago. And I, I, I posted this as a story on my LinkedIn page where I regularly do this. But it was about my, my five-year-old grandson at a basketball game. And the experience gave me such joy, just made me laugh. But it also made me a little curious about why he reacted the way that he did. Well, this turns into a great business story about 
treating people all the same way versus treating everybody as individuals. And, and so just look for those moments where you have an emotional reaction to something and then take note of it. Maybe in the moment, you won't know what the lesson is, but take note of those moments and then look back on them and say, what's the lesson that comes out of this? And how does that relate to the audience? Now, that, that, that's the standard approach that I give to people. I think that there's a reverse engineering approach on this too. For example, if I know that I need to make this point in a team meeting that I'm leading or a speech that I'm giving, I might just start looking for, okay, what are some examples of things happening around me that will lead to that point? And it's really weird because the universe will send them to you. <laughs> you start looking for those things and it happens. It's almost like you buy a new car. Anytime you bought a new car, what do you notice the next time you're driving down the road? The same cars. <laughs> Everybody who has a car that's just like yep. mine. Same yep. color, same make, same model. You know, and, and, and it's really funny. You never saw those before. The same thing will happen in your life. If I'm looking for points to make out of the experiences that I have, I will see them because I'm looking for them. In fact, we have on our website a, a little a little document. It's a free download of a PDF that's called the Story Catcher. And this is just little cues for you to look for those experiences in your life that will help you catch those moments that you can turn into stories to teach, lead, sell, and inspire. So, Mark, our, our time is wrapping up, and I got an idea for a second episode with you. Maybe I'll throw, throw an idea out to you later for our next season about the, the power of analogies in storytelling. But I use them a lot. It's just yep. a, a gift I have. They just pop into my head, but I think we might be able to make an episode out of it. We can banter on that. But as we finish up, we ask the same question of all of our guests at the very end. There's no right or wrong answer. It's about what's in your heart. And that question is, what do the words generate your value mean to you? To me, generate your value means bringing your best self to serve other people. How, how can I bring in you know, the, the question that Zach just asked a little bit ago that led me to that long description of how you find the stories in your life. We all have these. We all have value to bring to other people. Storytelling can just be the, the vehicle to make that happen. But generating your value is really about bringing your best self to serve the needs of other people and to help other people to grow to their potential. I like it. I like it. That was fantastic. <laughs> so. so, Mark, what's the best way if people want to engage your services, uh, get to know you better, all those type things? What's the best way that people can reach out to you? Probably start with our website, which is master-storytelling.com. So you got to get the little dash there between master and storytelling. Uh, that's, that's our website. You can also find me on LinkedIn. You can find master storytelling on LinkedIn. Also, you, we have a, a master storytelling page uh, on Facebook. The other thing I would offer to, to your listeners is just as a gift to, to your podcast listeners, your podcast guests, I'd like to offer a free copy of the ebook of master storytelling. And they can go to our website master-storytelling.com and then do a backslash podcast gift and it'll get you to a hidden page. It's only there for podcast listeners. <laughs> so you, you, you won't find that a link to that page on the homepage on our website. So master-storytelling.com slash podcast gift 
And that'll get you to a page where you can request a free copy of the ebook. And I'm assuming there's no space between podcast and gift. Correct. Correct. That's that's all one word run together. Very good. Perfect. So, heck, I look forward to that. So, <laughs> but to all of our listeners, thank you so much for for investing your time with us. This is not time spent. This is time invested because we do pray we generated massive value in your life that Mark provided a ton of value for you as well. Go get go download that ebook because I do feel like it would expand on that. But as always, if if something hit you today from one of our other episodes, help us grow on this journey and follow us on our journey. Hit that subscribe button. Also, if you know somebody that today's episode would have just absolutely made an impact for them, share it with them and help us build our Generate Your Value community. In today's episode, Mark's the end of season two for the Generate Your Value podcast. Zach and I are going to take a little bit of a break until Labor Day while we spend some work bringing you some new intro music and getting some guests lined up for season three that hopefully is going to generate a lot of value in your life with those little golden nuggets as we talk about in each of our episodes. But we greatly appreciate you tuning in today to the Generate Your Value podcast. We hope it makes an impact in your life and have a good day, have a great week, and we'll see you in September. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of the Generate Your Value podcast. If you find our conversations to be useful in your life, I invite you to subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss an episode. You can find me online on Instagram at The Fitzpreneur, Facebook, and LinkedIn. For information on my coaching services, if you're in the Atlanta area, go to www.generateyourvalue.com. You can also find me and my company on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Simply search for Generate Your Value on those platforms. Once again, thanks for joining us for today's podcast, and we invite you to generate your value in this world. Mm -hmm.